0: Before we get started, before any of this starts, I'd like to remind you that you can experience an ad-free version of this by clicking the link in the description that says plus.acast.com s slash radiofreecatholic. May God bless you and the Virgin protect you.
1: Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well...
0: In an interview with Bernard Jansen in 1992, entitled The Kingdom of Darkness, you can find this on YouTube at the timestamp, 1 hour 27 minutes 18 seconds. Bernard, so Christianity is going to have no role in this new world order? Father Malachi, none. Poor Paul VI, who died in 1978, said probably the church will be reduced to an infinitesimally small part of humanity. No influence whatsoever. Everyone will have walked over it like like countries, like armies, walked over Belgium in history and left it flat. They've walked over it. The society that we created for exorcism, they've walked over it. And there are several organizations that have failed too. Because we're not able to manage it. These people are too powerful. Timestamp, 1 hour, 44 minutes, 32 seconds. The new world is built on one principle. The new world is built on the principle that if a man is left alone by religion and hierarchical authorities, if left alone, is able to build a paradise. And you want to worship the virgin? Fine, worship her. But worship her with us. Let us all share in the same. Have an even playing field on which we can all worship as we want to worship, but leave the other alone. Don't say he's wrong. He's just as right as you. You are just as right as him. This is a new age. Of course, we'll have to worship one father because there is only one God, you Christians say, you Catholics say. We will agree with that, but it's the father of the earth. It's the father of fruit and flowers, the father of lands, the father of fruitful gardens and trees and meadows. The father of all our agriculture, the father, of our, for, our te- a father for our technology. That's the real God because that helps man. It's no longer a dominant, hierarchic, exclusivist, paternalistic, patriarchal church demanding sacrifices and waiting for the pie in the sky. There's no pie in the sky. The pie is here, and there's enough for everybody. If you Catholic religionists stop being exclusivist and join in, that's the New Age. And the New Age is more subtle than anything else because the essence of the New Age technique is now being taught to company executives is self-control. And the exercises of the new age being used in seminars paid for by thousands of dollars of big companies like GM and several other companies in the United States consists in submitting your mind to a discipline. And when we examine the discipline from our point of view here, we find out that discipline is almost the same as transcendental meditation. It does the very same silencing of your faculties and leaves you wide open to any influence that would come in. I'll tell you one thing. Whatever influences are out there, Looking for a point of entry, there's one influence roaming around like a lion seeking who he may devour, and that is Lucifer. And if you adopt this mental attitude that they are trying to inculcate in their New Ages, as they call them, you will find that you are sitting duck for the most amazing world influences. And we think that it's part of the rise of the New Age system of egalitarian treatment of all religions, and this submission of the mind and the opening up of the spirit to the great force we have found that The rise of that is simultaneous with the rise of in t- this intense diabolism, intense Satanism. So there must be some organic connection between the two. We are persuaded that there is a connection between the two. Exurgat Deus adicipentur inimici eius, et fugiancio derunteum a facie Let God arise, and let his enemies be scattered and let all those who hate him flee from before his face. This is Caleb the Mechanic with Radio Free Catholic. Let's get started with a prayer. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Sancta Michael Arcangelae, defendi in proelio. Contra nequitiam et insidias diaboli est Imperatili Deus supplices deprecamur tuque princeps militai caelestis saeternam aliosque ca spiritus malignos qui ad perditionem animarum pervegantur in mundo divina virtute in infernum letrude. Amen. Cor Jesus sacratissimum miserere nobis. Mater dolorosa ora pro nobis. Sancte Ioseph terror daemonum ora pro nobis. Domine Ostende facium tuum et salvi erimus. Ave Maria Purissima, immaculata Ceptio est. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. And that was Father Malachi Martin. I have to tell you, <clears throat> from time to time, Just when I think, oh, he might be wrong about this or he might be wrong about that, I realize that it's usually details. Fine, small details. Because on December 9th... (laughs) On December 9th, the Satanic Temple started advertising tickets to what they call SatanCon. 2023 in Boston, Massachusetts. selling tickets to this thing. And it's funny because I posted the video of the advertisement, or tweeted the video of the advertisement on Twitter, and in the imagery, you can see everything that's wrong. By the way, April 28th to 30th is this convention. <sighs> Apparently, in 2013, the Satanic Temple was founded. Now, I don't know exactly where, but this one is actually celebrating the 10th anniversary. They're doing, you know, rituals and seminars and just all sorts of just blah. But if you look at the advertisement, and you watch, you can tell it doesn't take much. You can tell that this is evil. And Father Malachi was definitely right about one thing, and it wasn't in that quote, in that set of quotes that I just read off. But it has to do with compromise. This, is what compromise gets you. You either stand tall for the faith, or you let this happen. He talked about how the church would be small. Infinitesimally small. And how the New World Order is built largely on the New Age. And this is true, because it is... Look... If you're an, <clears throat> if a person is into the New Age or they're Wiccan or they claim to be a white witch or a, whatever a a, a santera, um, <clears throat> it doesn't really actually matter what they claim. In truth, if they claim to be an atheist, they're on board with all this. A lot of people don't realize that one of the people that's used to beat the Catholic Church over the head, is a man, a monk, an excommunicated monk named Giordano Bruno. He was charged with heresy, he was found guilty, he was excommunicated, and then the Italian state at the time had him burned at the stake. Because in that day, in those days, to be a public heretic, to be an apostate, was treason. So he wasn't burned at the stake for heresy per se, he was burned at the stake for treason. <clears throat> because at the time, he was an apostate to the only religion in Europe. It's not like he converted to Lutheranism and then became, you know, a public heretic and all that other stuff. No. He was an occultist. He was a Satanist. He'd rejected the church, rejected his vows, rejected everything about the Catholic faith, and rejected everything about civilized society. And that's the person that scientists use today to beat the church over the head with, is an occultic, demon-worshipping Satanist. So you can claim to be atheist. And in truth, in all honesty, I blame movies like Star Wars for the for the promulgation and profligation of witchcraft. Because everybody forgot the story that was the coming of age of Luke Skywalker. That was his... <clears throat> Going out into the adventure, finding adventure, and becoming a man, facing what would eventually turn out to be his father, losing to his father, and then facing his father again, and defeating him, not with violence, but with hope. And that hope that charity saved his father's soul, caused his father to not raise up arms against him, but instead, when the emperor was killing him, to raise his arms against to raise his hands to the emperor and throw the emperor off the balcony down into the reactor or whatever, or wherever it is that he, you know, blew up. The story of Star Wars is a story of coming of age, of adventure, of the battle against darkness, and of redemption and salvation. But that was lost in... In the flashy lights and lightsabers and the cool little lightning bolts and the telekinesis and all that other stuff. It was lost in the magic, in the sorcery, and in the, I guess you could call it, theology of the Force. That there's a light side and there's a dark side or whatever. Because it was the aftermath of Star Wars when the occult really started to kick in full speed. I mean, you had, you know, the hippy-dippy movement, you know, or people are reconnecting with the Earth, man. But you look at that whole time period, and it was drug-addled and debauched. It was a degenerate time period. It was more degeneracy than our nation had seen in a hundred years. It was more degeneracy than our nation had seen than I think anybody had seen in almost a hundred years. More concentrated filth than had been seen in a long time. And we never washed the filth off. Oh, don't get me wrong. The hangover that was the 70s going into the 80s, that that was something hardcore. Suddenly people realized. wait a minute, we can't do these things. And then they slapped back in the other direction and they tried to outlaw all of that stuff. Which, by the way, none, none, none of those laws, nothing of the war on drugs or any of the the other crap that they did in the 1970s, 80s, and 90s was Catholic. Oh, there were Catholics who were behind it. But by then, Catholicism had been watered down. The church was already heading in, heading into eclipse because traditional Catholics would have took one look and said, wait a minute, this thing that we're getting ready to do with all these things that everybody's got a hangover over didn't work in the 1930s. These things don't work. What works is promoting virtue, is promoting faith, hope, charity. That works. Does everybody fall in line? Of course not. But it at least places the shining beacon on the hill, saying this is the right way, and all those other ways are going to lead you to damnation and darkness and death. Is that to say that there should be no penalty for some of the stuff that was going on in those days? Of course not. I would never say that. There, of course, needs to be some sort of temporal penalty, some sort of chastisement, some way to reinforce for the ones, you know, who just won't. But the very time but the very same time that we're passing these laws to fight this war on drugs and promote all of these things to supposedly make our children more vir- virtuous and I say our children even though at the time I was the child I was one of the children all of those things were happening at the same time that the government through the CIA was trafficking drugs into the country by the metric ton Doing exactly what the cartels are doing right now with fentanyl and opiates and opioids and methamphetamines. But they were doing it as the federal government. Low-key. Dropping that stuff off into the poor communities and causing death, destruction, and mayhem. At the same time that they're saying, okay, we're going to make these things illegal and we're going to start teaching children about, quote-unquote, safe sex. And what has that gotten us? Do you think the children of my Do you think the children of my generation couldn't see the hypocrisy? The reason why generation X is generation X is because we were able to look at our parents and our grandparents and see that they were absolutely full of crap that not a one of them was promoting something that was true. It was only that which was emotional. It was only that which was pleasant and comfortable. It was not virtue. Had there been anyone in the world promoting actual virtue... It would have been a completely different story. The likes of Jim Baker and Jimmy Swaggart would have been outshone by one Dr. Jordan Peterson. One man who could have actually stood there and looked at everybody and say, look, get up early, clean up your room, brush your teeth, do the basics... Start with square one and then move from there. Do something so at least, even if it's something small, at least you've managed to do something with your in your weakness. And tomorrow, you can try something bigger. Put your life in order. There was no one talking about putting their life in order. They were like, well, we need to hand out these condoms to make sure that when you have sex, because you're going to have sex because we had sex, that it's safe and that you don't get the girl pregnant, which is a travesty of a sin, and every Catholic knew it. Every Catholic from that generation knew condoms were a sin. Fornication is a sin. But because they did it, and they knew we were going to do it anyway, because you couldn't possibly actually just teach your kids to be virtuous after having learned the lesson the hard way yourselves, no. What did they do? They took, they, they took away the valor of victory with participation awards, and then they took away the sting of defeat with the same participation awards. And they didn't call you to holiness. They just didn't want you to get her pregnant. And where were the priests? Oh, they were off in the corner singing kumbaya, strumming the banjo, with these garbage pop songs that they wanted to try and portray as sacred music. With, with a choose-your-own-adventure sacrifice of the mass that whiz the Norvus Ordo. Wondering, gee, I wonder why the pews are emptying. I wonder why we can't get people to stay. Could it be that fa- that Father Richard <clears throat> speaks with a lisp? Could it be that he's more limp-wristed than a drag queen? Could it be that he doesn't teach about sin? That he doesn't teach about virtue? That he doesn't teach about heroic heroic Catholic action? Couldn't possibly be any of that. Don't be so rigid. (laughs) And because the church abandoned her post... First, it was the New Age. Then it was kids who thought they were vampires and werewolves. And if you really wanted to get spicy and rebellious, you became a Satanist. And all the while, they're stripping fathers of their rights... Breaking up families, forcing single mothers out into the streets. Oh, don't worry, we'll pay you. The government will pay you for all those kids. You don't need a father in the house. You don't need the strong, protective, heroic man in your life. You don't need that. We'll just make him pay you. And if he doesn't pay you, we'll throw him in jail. Insane. But it led to the new age having a resurgence and here's the thing it led to the new age having a resurgence and it led to witchcraft having a resurgence i mean let's be real like real witches weren't really a thing until the renaissance i've read the books remember, I used to be in, in the occult. I've had the tomes, like the Opus Mago Theosophicum and Kabbalisticum. Books by illustrious 18th century writers like Arthur, uh, excuse me, 19th century writers like Arthur Edward Wright- Waite. <clears throat> 17th century writers like, like Francis Barrett and Francis Bacon. books like like the book of abramolin the mage authors like Eliphas levy and alistair crawley and Do- and dr john d i've read the books and with the exception of guys like john d again in the aftermath of the protestant revolution with the exception of them in fact they're <clears throat> There were treatises that were ascribed to popes and priests and monks that were supposedly grimoires of magic. And if you study them with a Catholic eye, especially if you get the facsimiles of the, of the oldest and closest to the original documents, you'll find that that's not what they were pretty much at all that the only way these treatises on magic became treatises on magic <laughs> is it took the interest it took the introduction of protestants you want to know who created witch the the witch trials it was all protestants why because when you can interpret scripture however the heck you want because you don't need a magisterium You'd be surprised what pops out the other side. Usually what pops out the other side is the devil. Every resurgence where they would make claims about witchcraft, about sorcery, about those things, it always happened in a period of heresy and schism. Every single time. every single time but it really started to get out of control after the protestant revolution because now if you're not catholic you are heretical and it started out small keep in mind that martin luther was was a catholic monk and so most of his ideology was still catholic most of his ideology a little bit of a sin problem he was very likely diabolically possessed there are some things that just i don't know this is about the people who talked about him <clears throat> his contemporaries at the time they seem it seems to suggest that every time that that every time he got close to something sacred something just took him over and he just went nuts but when you push that beyond the protestant revolution into the enlightenment that's when things really start going off the rails. That's when things really start going l- looking backwards. And suddenly, because now there is no more magisterium to say, hey, that is not what Christ taught. That is not what the apostles handed down. That is not what was revealed to us in the faith. Because now there was no church to do that as effectively because we had to compromise. One compromise led to another, to another, to another. And before you know it, you've got the French Revolution, you've got the Spanish Revolution, you've got the American Revolution, you've got the Mexican Revolution, you've got revolutions all over the place. And the common denominator is Freemasons and Communists. All the way across the board, Freemasons and Communists. Because you must get your laicité and your égalité. Hold
1: up.
0: And those same Freemasons exterminated Catholicism in North America. It took them longer in some places than others, and there was a resurgence, and you still had the underground, even in Mexico. But it took a while, and eventually they exterminated Catholicism as the dominant social structure. They were eventually able to fully dethrone Christ the King can't have christ in the town square because if we have christ in the town square then we can't do the lewd and lascivious things that our concupiscent minds and souls just absolutely desire beyond all dreams that was a really sloppy sentence oh well you get the point It's funny because these these quotes are actually they seem to be trickling in and managing to hit just in time. I want to take a moment to digress and sort of illustrate a thing. <clears throat> you may not be familiar with the person with a man named Andrew Tate. Uh, he was a kickboxer, undefeated, until he had a spat with Greta Thunberg on Twitter and got his butt handed to him. If you don't know who Andrew Tate is, he started to notice that the scales were tipped very much against men, particularly heterosexual men. And so he went out of his way to speak out and try to tweak the scales back in the other direction. And before too long, he was canceled off of Twitter, permanently suspended, as it were. He was recently let back on when Elon Musk bought the platform. He'd been popping off of the mouth Talking about masculinity, this masculinity, that. Now, as men go, this man is one of the most effeminate. And it's not that he speaks with a lisp and he's limp-wristed or anything like that. No, he's just physically strong, handsome, sort of valiant looking man with absolutely no self-control in his personal life. His womanizer is basically a lech. He's very wealthy and so he's got a lot of stuff he wears nice clothes wears nice you know wears nice clothes has nice accessories good rings this that and the other you know does uses some kind of cream on his face or something he managed somehow in his kickboxing career to preserve it to preserve his face so he doesn't look like he's been beaten up a whole lot despite the fact that he is a world championship kickboxer which i suppose presents itself to his effectiveness in in one-on-one unarmed combat so you know there's that but he's a child he's mullient effeminate men are not any good at being the harbing are, are not any good at being the the promoters of masculinity because what he, the type of masculinity he's talking about is a modern masculinity that is adapted to the circumstances in which modern men are placed. The court system is set against men. So what does he do? He makes sure that he can protect himself, protect his finances, protect everything. It says women are promiscuous. So of course, we're going to go ahead and take advantage of that. And then we're just going to make sure that they can't hurt us because if they, because if they get into a position, if a woman today gets into a position where she can hurt a man, she will, she will absolutely devastate his whole world. And this is true. This is absolutely true. Women have every advantage and men have no latitude. That part is true. But a virtuous man doesn't. They choose not to. They don't. By choice. Does that mean you're going to get left behind? Probably. But newsflash, if you're a millennial or a Gen Z, 20% of you are going to get left behind. Because they're... Because... The way the numbers roll out, there are 20% excess heterosexual males in Gen Z beyond the females. The females who have been absolutely deceived with the LGBTQ agenda, the fullness of the LGBTQ agenda where they're going out and they're getting hormone treatments and they're chemically sterilizing themselves and they're, having, and they're having their breasts cut off in double mastectomies and they're getting hysterectomies because they want and they're having sections of skin grafted, taken from their legs or their arms so that they can have some fake phallus formed and sewn onto their bodies in what is the most physiologically risky surgery in the history of mankind. Also, the pharmaceutical companies can make a killing. Also, that the hospitals that provide these services can make a killing. $15,000 a year for the hormone treatment, $40,000 for the surgeries. Oh, I'm sorry, not surgeries. Surgery. Top surgery. Singular. $40,000 for a double mastectomy on a healthy human female. Physically healthy human female, obviously. If you're if you're at that point there's nothing mentally healthy about you. And so while the birth rate still preserves about a 51 a 51 52 to 48 49% female to male ratio 20% of men out of Gen Z, are not going to be able to find a spouse. A, who's untouched. B, who's actually physically healthy. C, that even identifies as someone who, had, who would mate with a man. 20% of Generation Z is going to go without... Is, uh, excuse me, of men in Generation Z are going to go without spouses. Period. Full stop. And it is into that reality that you... Or through that reality that you have to look at a man like Andrew Tate. So he may be mullient, and he may be effeminate, and he may be a... <clears throat> Particularly weak man in the case of the sixth and ninth commandments. And he's not Catholic. He decided that Christianity was too wuss. Imagine the faith of the Crusaders, the faith of the Vendee, the faith of the Cristeros. Too wuss. So he went with Islam. And he was banned off of Twitter. And then when he came back, they let him run around for a while. But by his own prediction, he's sat in many interviews. He goes, they, they canceled me on social media, and they made it so I couldn't talk. And that, was, and that was strike one. Strike two is they're going to arrest me, or try to. And then strike three, when they realize they still can't silence me, is they're going to kill me. And today, in Romania, Andrew Tate was arrested. Allegedly, for human trafficking. He and his brother were arrested today by Romanian authorities, allegedly for human trafficking. They arrested Andrew Tate and his brother for human trafficking, but we still don't know who Ghislaine Maxwell's and and Jeffrey Epstein's client list was. So it could be about human trafficking. I mean, you know, he could be a big time, you know, whatever. Or he was ruffling too many feathers. And like I said, he's not the kind of guy you really want to listen to. He's obnoxious. He's arrogant, which basically means he's insecure. But they went after him and they didn't go after. And we don't know who any of the client list was. We don't know who any of the visitors to Epstein Island were. They haven't taken any action against Hunter Biden. Hunter Biden, who's tied to international human smuggling. So it's not about the human trafficking. For crying out loud, it wouldn't even be about... Like, they didn't even arrest the guy for child sex trafficking. They just arrested him for human trafficking... Which isn't even as bad as what Balenciaga was promoting. But he got arrested. They haven't arrested Bill Gates for experimenting on human beings in Africa. For chemically sterilizing hundreds of thousands of African women. Andrew Tate just found out it's a big club. Now, granted, I mean, there's some questions as to where his wealth comes from. Because, I mean, you know, he was a prize fighter. But let's be real, kickboxing was never as big as, like, world championship boxing. It's not as big as UFC fighting. And this guy's ridiculously wealthy. I mean, part of what got him roasted on Twitter was the fact that he was bragging about having 38 cars, including Bugattis and Lamborghinis and this, that, and the other. And make no mistake about it, he's just another pimp. In fact, I could make the case he was actually toxically masculine because there was not an ounce of virtue in him. No chastity, no modesty, no humility. None. That was his whole persona. So if you were going to actually outline somebody who's toxically masculine, he would be the one. Because a virtuous man is humble. A virtuous man is modest. A virtuous man is chaste. And he had none of those. He's just a symbol. He's an outlier. <clears throat> and never forget that the people who actually had him arrested, they themselves are pedophiles and, and demon worshipers. Never forget that. So it's certainly not because he was more virtuous than they. It's he was rocking the boat and disrupting the program. And one thing you'll notice that a Satanist cannot stand is disrupting the program. In fact, if you swing back over to the podcast that I, uh, the episode that I did on Satanism, we talk about exactly that. We didn't really dive too too much into it, so I probably should talk talk about it just a touch more. In fact, let's go ahead and do that. So, from Charles Franz's upcoming sequel to "Slaying Dragons," the chapter on Satanism. I'm just going to read a section. It's going to be a little bit long, but I'm just going to read a section of this. Under the headline, Satanic Philosophy Fuels Evil. In the course of the 1989 conversation with Bob Larson, Zena, and Nicholas Schreck, communicated a dystopian image of a satanic society so disturbing that it left Larson startled. Larson responded, What you have just said, articulated to the masses, particularly in a dysfunctional society where people are filled with all types of anger and rage because of past abuses, what you're really doing, I think, is potentially lighting a fuse. I'm not worried that you're going to pull a gun out of your pocket and shoot me in front of these cameras, but I don't know that somebody else might not do that because of what you said. You're not even willing to condemn murder. In addition to not condemning murder, the philosophies of Satanism destroy charity and care for others. After hearing the two discuss how little they cared for the weak in the world, Larson said, What you're saying is so absolutely disgustingly outrageous. Shrek responded, To me, It's disgustingly outrageous that you would help these weak people who are draining our resources, who are causing so many problems. We could be doing positive things in the world. These weaklings are taking away all our energy and resources, and you've decided to help them. That's disgusting to me. The total indifference to the suffering of others is so intense that Shrek said the following to clarify the point. Maybe it is a greater evil when all is said and done to keep millions of people alive who are not ever going to be productive, who are going to drain all of our resources and create a stagnant world. At a similar time, just one year prior to the above interview, Michael Aquino, the founder of the Temple of Set, was interviewed as a part of Geraldo Rivera's documentary. In that interview, he said, The people who have killed in the name of Satan whom, who you've shown in these clips, would not be Satanists. Satanism has an emphasis on rational self-interest and on taking responsibility for your own intellectual and ethical decisions. Fascinatingly, his words are contradicted by Nicholas Schreck, someone very close in ideology, who would soon join Aquino's own satanic order. Nicholas Schreck, as a member of the Church of Satan at the time, was also interviewed for the documentary, He, a tremendous admirer of Charles Manson, said, We would like to see most of the human race killed off because it is unworthy. It is unworthy of the gift of life. A bloodbath would be a cleansing and a purification of the planet that has been dirtied and degraded for too long. There are many infamous satanic murders, such as David Berkowitz, Richard Ramirez, uh, Henry Lee Lucas, and Charles Manson, but many more that the public is unaware of. I am unaware of what what Aquino's views would be on this purification of the planet, but it makes one wonder, given the absence of moral constraints on behavior and the imitation by these groups of the father of lies, this contradiction between the two very similar forms of Satanism is telling. Continuing briefly on the disturbing theme of satanic-inspired murders, Geraldo Rivera's documentary work included numerous interviews with government officials, including legislators, detectives, and FBI investigators. County legislator Carol Coe, who was involved in the proceedings related to a murder suspected to involve satanic ritual, was asked by Geraldo, Why do you think there's no attention being paid to the ritual aspect of this case? She responded, You're in the heart of of America, the Bible Belt, and we hate to think that people like that live next door to us. We're turning our backs and acting like it doesn't happen. We're putting our hands over our eyes as if it didn't occur here, that it was just a murder. A detective of the Kansas City Police Department was interviewed on the issue of a recent murder, suspected of being a satanic ritual. Yes, I'm sure there is, he said. We have also had contact with people that have come out of the occult and Satan worship who have definitely made statements and who I have interviewed that stated that the suspect was involved at a higher level than most in the occult. Police reports indicated the authorities had been aware for nearly a decade at that point, mind you this is the 90s, that Satanists were conducting ceremonies in the area. People don't believe you when you talk about these things, one eyewitness said. People just do not believe these things happen. Geraldo also interviewed Ted Gunderson, a veteran of the FBI, former head of the regional office in Los Angeles, and a cult investigator. He said, I cannot say that there's a network of satanic murders. I can say that based on information furnished to me by confidential sources and informants, based on interviews with dozens of survivors from the satanic operations through the years, satanic beliefs, etc. I can say that there is a network of these people across the country who are very active. They have their own rest and relaxation farm. They're in contact with each other. It ties in loosely to the drug operation. It ties into motorcycle gangs, and it goes on and on. They have their own people who are specialized in surveillance and photography and in assassinations. I want to hold right there. We're going to repeat that last sentence. They have their own people who are specialized in surveillance and photography and in assassinations. Who could possibly provide that training? Surveillance, photography, and assassinations. Man, you know, there's this guy who didn't kill himself in prison who probably could have told us. There's this there's this other guy who used to have American flags on his limo back in 1963 who before he got shot in the head could probably tell us. Continuing from the book. Often the presence of a Satanism of Satanism in the culture, influential enough to inspire murders, is dismissed or attacked as mere fabrications, fear mongering, scapegoating, defaming, or projecting religious fears onto a group in order to explain away incomprehensible moral depravity in the culture. I'm gonna go ahead and insert here, or sometimes they just call you a conspiracy theorist. However, continuing, sometimes Satanism is actually to blame. But admitting this is just too awful for many people to accept, so the denial continues without merit. A few modern examples, while avoiding the graphic details, can illustrate the point. In 2012, it was reported in Bridgeport, Connecticut, that police discovered the remains of sacrifices which were part of Santeria rituals. This was not the first time they discovered such a thing. The police sergeant stated, there had been an upswing of occult activity in the area. He himself is also a paranormal investigator. Oh, he's probably demon-possessed by now. In 2009, disturbing elements of satanic rituals were found in, New Jersey river, in a New Jersey river with occult paraphernalia attached. The ABC news station in Tampa Bay, Florida, reported in October of 2018 that two girls, age 11 and 12, who admitted to being devil worshippers, had plotted a gruesome attack which entailed numerous ritualistic elements. Sometimes, this satanic influence lives unsuspected in a person's own neighborhood. Dr. Richard Gallagher shared the story of a possessed woman named Barbara who told him that when she was nine years old and her parents' marriage was coming apart, she turned to a neighboring couple for assistance. They befriended her and were very generous with their time and attention. However, Barbara observed that they practiced what she called black arts rituals. At one point in her time with them, they dedicated her to Satan, and she was given a demon. Eventually, this led to a state of possession, which turned out to be a very violent and destructive force in her life. At other times, Satanism, the Satanism that destroys lives, resides in secret in the moral depravity of the prevailing cultural influencers. Hollywood, to no surprise, is rife with the occult and satanic influences, as exorcists attest. A prime example was shared by Kyle Clement, a co-worker with Father Rippiger, in a May 2020 interview with Jesse Romero. In that interview, Kyle Clement shared the story of a girl who was led to Hollywood by an obsessive desire to become a famous actress. By mysterious coincidences, she landed an audition. To progress toward receiving the role, she was coerced into numerous situations involving Sins Against Purity, leading up to an engagement in a satanic ritual with the rest of the cast from the show, of which she was now a part. Finally, the girl realized how deep into evil she had gone and took off from the party. The suicidal ideation that then consumed her mind, she said, was overwhelming until she got to the border with Arizona, when the thoughts lifted a bit. Arriving home, she entered the parish church. As Kyle and the exorcist team would later discern, she was possessed, but resisting the possession. By God's providence, there just so happened to be a certain priest in the church who was visiting the town that day to see his dying mother. He was an assistant... To a well-known exorcist, the priest heard her confession, and in the process, due to her contrition, she was liberated from the possession that had resulted from her participation in what amounted to a satanic ritual. An exorcist eventually did three solemn rites of exorcism, just to be sure the demon had departed. The evils of Satanism are not limited to the above examples, which tend to be more violent and abusive. Modern Satanism actively embraces, ritualizes, and advocates for all sorts of moral evils, such as homosexuality, transgenderism, and abortion. Our Lady of Sorrows, pray for us. St. Joseph, Terror of Demons, pray for us. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. Why is this important? Ten years ago, you might have heard some people, like a group of people claiming to be the Satanic Temple, but they wouldn't be selling tickets to a convention. Twenty years ago, people would deny that there was a Satanic Temple because you just wouldn't want to admit it. You Like, seriously, you just wouldn't want to wrap your brain around that. But in the advertisement... For this Satan con, they've got pictures of abortion, of, of their advertisements in favor of abortion. They've got pictures they've got little short video clips of, of rituals and people, you know, holding up their hands in the little gesture that basically means to hail Satan. These people who had been underground now are not. And why are they not? Because priests like Father Father James Martin who follow cardinals like Cardinal Ted McCarrick and Cardinal Bernadine and Donald Worrell they don't have any credibility. Even the moderately better bishops still fall in the direction of bishop robert Barron, who won't declare firmly that christ is the only path to salvation but instead hem and haw and prevaricate and say well christ is the preferred method of salvation but you you can manage to save your own soul by being a good jew Heavenly Father, have mercy on us all with shepherds like that. Who needs wolves? And if the church were doing her job in the last... And when I say the church, I'm talking about the, hu- the the human element. The temporal church. The material church. The one with the cassocks and the miters. And the berettas and the saturnos. If there'd been more saturnos and more cassocks involved in the social life of Catholics, if we would have been reminding people that the lamp you keep not under a basket or tucked under the bed, but up on top of the hill in a prominent place in the room so that everyone can see the light and distinguish the light from the dark. If we'd have been doing our job, this would have never been the case. Because this is what compromise gets you. So I ask you the famous age-old question, what concord does good have with evil? What concord does truth have with lies? Gracious. At least back in the day, the FBI might not have been the satanic offender himself. Today, that's no longer the case. Today, the FBI, the CIA, and the entire intel apparatus of the United States of America has been conspiring to degenerate, degrade, demoralize, and destroy the fabric of this country. Why? Not because they're interested in some you know, concept of truth and justice and the American way, but specifically because they're more interested in their own power. They're more interested in what they can do instead of what their responsibilities are based on their vows, their oaths, and every last one of them. Because they were arrogant enough, presumptuous enough to finish their oaths with, so help me God, will be held to account and that accountability is coming soon because this country this country hasn't got long left and in fact that may also be true for the world <clears throat> if you don't see where these threats are getting us if you don't see if you don't see what the threat is and keep in mind that we're not just talking about the intelligence agencies and i really wish that we weren't well, part of me wishes that we weren't surrounded on all sides by the enemy. In our schools, in our government, in our, with our elected officials, our law enforcement agencies. With the actual Satanic Temple and cursed Protestant nonsense. I do wish that we weren't surrounded on all sides by enemies, in a sense. But simultaneously, men, we're surrounded on all sides. We have the enemy right where we want them. In a world such as this, heroism, once you start down that path, the path of heroic virtue, it gets easier and easier. We are about to enter into the furnace where if we let God, and our Lord, and our Lady, if we let them, we can be refined like purest gold. But it's going to take prayer. It's going to take long-suffering. It's going to take endurance. Perseverance. Fortitude, hope, faith, and definitely, without a doubt, charity. And it's going to take a keen awareness. And you can have all those all day long. But it's also going to take a very, very healthy dose of humility. You start down that path, you're going to have to remember that it is by the grace of God that you walk that path. Because the only thing that you did was you intellectually saw the truth for what it was, and then you committed your will to it. But just because you put in effort doesn't mean you get the victory. And the weakest demon... The weakest demon makes a man look weaker than a toddler. And we better remember that, because it's not going to be by our own efforts. It's going to be by our commitment, but it is not going to be by our efforts. Our efforts will be supplemented, subsumed, and enhanced by God's grace. And we're only going to really get that from Our Lady, which means you enroll in the brown scapular, you pray the rosary, you play, you pray the little office or the divine office, at least one of the hours, and you commit yourself to this fight. Even when you're waking up in the morning, you're like, oh, I don't know if I want to pray the three hilarious devotion. My body's sore. I got to go to the bathroom. You get up. You you get up out of bed. You you kneel, and you pray. And if you don't feel like praying, you pray twice. You go you go to sit down and read. You go to sit down to do spiritual reading, and you pick up the book and you look at it. You're like, ah, I don't know if I want to do this right now. You open up that book and you read. You do it anyway. You do it because your salvation depends on it. You do it because your family's salvation depends on it. You do it because if you actually want to be counted among the sheep and not the goats, you do it. And most of all, when you've been faking it to make it, what you'll find is with practice, you'll find that you really love God you'll find that even in the dryness, you'll love God. Even when you're walking through a storm in the middle of the night and you slip and you tumble down a hill and get yourself covered in mud in your brand new clothes, that you still love God. By the way, that was St. Teresa of Avila, who after getting up and realizing she was covered in mud, looked up at God and said, (laughs) Oh, Lord, if this is how you treat your friends, no wonder you'd have so few. (laughs) You want to be a man? You practice virtue. And you never let it be forgotten that for some strange reason, women are usually much better at the whole virtue thing. They're much better at the modesty, the humility. They're much better at the prayer and the fasting. They're much better at all of that than we are. Why? Because we're, well, I have to be strong, and I have to defend the family, and I have to do this, and I have to do that. And yeah, you also got to pray, you got you to form your children in the faith, and you got to lead your family in prayer, and you need to protect them from the real threat, which is not, well, I mean, you know, there is a bodily threat in there too, but it's not the bodily threat. The real threat is to their souls. So say your prayers. Truly, verily, truly say your prayers. And keep in mind, the Holy Father, Pope Benedict XVI, emeritus, whatever that means, Joseph Ratzinger, it has been announced recently that he is in ill health and he's not doing quite so well. Now they say that he's lucid and he's aware and all of that, but he's 95 years old. He's heading to his eternal reward soon. Pray for him. And for all of the arguments, instead of a or beneplenism, I think is what they call it, or whatever, for all of those arguments, they're moot. What matters right now, what should matter to the Catholic, is the soul of a man who at least was Pope. A man who's known throughout the world. And let's be real, in the Bogus Ordo Church is not going to receive a whole lot in the way of prayers. So pray for him. Truly pray for him. Add him to your intentions. Pray that, he've gotten, pray that he gets well if you prefer. I pray that he has a holy death. Because life ends. And at 95 years old, he's much closer to the end of it than he is to the beginning. It's just a fact. Tempus Fugit... Memento Mori. So, pray for Benedict XVI. Pray for the church. Pray for the nation. Pray for your parish. And pray for us in Catholic social media. Because as we continue to proceed forward, this stuff becomes more and more and more real. If you have any questions or comments, particularly about some of the stuff that I cited, I'd be more than happy to answer your email. You can email me, Caleb, at RadioFreeCatholic.com. You can contact me on the website, RadioFreeCatholic.com. You can find me on Twitter at Mighty, M-I-G-H-T-Y, Colibri, C-O-L-I-B-R-I. You can follow me on there. I tend to get a little bit snarky from time to time, but I do also try not to assume the worst in people when they post dumb stuff on the tweeter. I mean, it's called Twitter for a reason. This is Caleb the Mechanic with Radio Free Catholic. May God bless you and the Virgin protect you. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen.